All right. Today on the show, we have Delene Gilbert. Delene has had a very interesting journey, and I've known her for a while. But what we'd like to talk about first is uh, definitely something that's uh, top of mind for a lot of mothers out there and fathers as well and children, uh, postpartum depression. Uh, It's something that's not fun. Um, It's something that I um, cannot fully relate to because of my gender. Um, Is that correct? Would you say that's correct, Delene? You know, to each their own. Fathers might go into a different kind of um, experience once having children, but definitely with the postpartum, hormones is probably going to be the biggest uh, factor in that, and you probably didn't experience that. Right, right. So. But I feel you. I feel you. Okay. So <laughs> nobody throw yeah, anything yeah. at me right, right now. <laughs> it's early. We're just getting started. Yeah. Just getting started. But Delene Gilbert, thank you so much for joining us today and talking about your journey. Um, hey, now, I'm honored to be here. We're honored to have you. Absolutely. Absolutely. So po- postpartum depression. Let's talk about that a little bit. What does that mean to you? So, um, I think every postpartum depression experience for each mother is completely different um, as to how it's handled, um, as to how you discover that that's exactly what you're going through. Um, Even to the point whenever you are pregnant and you're preparing yourself for, you know, going down that road and a possibility of, because I'm not a very sad person. Um, I, I've always been high energy, um, easygoing, very outgoing personality. And, uh, so whenever I was pregnant with my first child, my first son, um, my experience was completely different than my second. And I can uh, talk a lot of that up to utilizing cannabis in my second pregnancy. Um, I didn't utilize it at all with my first. And so my postpartum depression, um, during, or after having my first son, it was, uh, it was intense. And I, no matter how much I prepared to go through somewhat of a hormonal, you know, waterfall of emotions, I, I don't think there's any kind of preparation other than just, you know, dealing with it day by day, um, as it comes. So postpartum for me was, uh, you know, just a very, it's a very dark time where you feel like you're alone or I felt like I was just completely alone in what I was experiencing, no matter how many mothers that were out there going through somewhat of a similar process and it being true postpartum depression, it, there was nothing that could convince me that their experience was the same as mine. Right. Um, so, and just the sadness, the, the, the depth of sadness that I went through um, I'm sure every mother, you know, looking back, knows exactly what I'm talking about. But again, it was it was hard for me because of a, I come from a place of light and happiness. I feel like uh, that I couldn't really express what I was going through exactly. Um, even though, once again, postpartum depression is a very common thing. Um, each case is, in my opinion, is special and different, and. You know, trying to get that yeah. across to, uh, I, I spoke to a, a therapist about it. It was really, you know, 
at a certain point costing my marriage. Uh, it was so hard for my husband to understand. And, you know, as, as appreciative as I am now, of course, and even more so back then, um, he couldn't really relate to what I was going through. And it was hard not to resent him for that. But, again, postpartum depression is just a really it's an it's a personal experience that a mother can can potentially go through it's a really dark time you have a child you're giving your whole entire body you're sacrificing your whole entire body to keep a the the very fetus that you have <clears throat> developed and brought to life and you're giving so much of yourself that it's almost as if your soul your your very you know, shell of life is just kind of gone on the wayside. And now the most important thing is that child. And, yeah, it's a pretty dark time whenever, you know, you're prioritizing so much of one thing and you start to lose sight of the very life that you're living and leading. Sure. And I, and I can understand where there are a lot of people out there that don't understand um, that. And and that's because it, it does deal with emotions and and hormones and 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 things that are are a mixture of so many different uh, variables that that it can't be written in a book or right. necessarily prepared for or or one way right. or one way to approach it right right there's yeah right right sure and i 100%. mean 100% and i think that's where a lot of my frustration lied was you know, you could talk to a therapist and they just categorize you as this woman's dealing with postpartum depression. And it's just like, I, you know, I'm just another statistic. I'm another number. I'm another patient. I'm not, Delene Gilbert is dealing with this kind of postpartum depression. She's dealt with this up until she delivered. And now she's this many weeks postpartum. This is kind of the stage she's at. These are emotions she's experiencing. It wasn't anything like that. It was just a, you know, it's postpartum depression. This is normal. This is common. You're right. going to be fine. That's yeah, where my frustration lies, and I think that's what made it even worse. Right. And so you're just sent off to accept it at that point or Correct. or, or deal mm-hmm. with it. Or um, take medications to help. And right. that was probably what drove me to a very dark, even darker place. Um, yeah, it, it, it was a very sensitive time where my husband pretty much just found me and I was, I was pretty much getting to the point where suicidal thoughts were very real, um, for me. And that at that time, that's whenever I, uh, basically I started medicating with my husband and was just 100%, you know, completely going the opposite direction. I was no longer talking to the therapist. I would never touch another, um, antidepressant. Um, for the rest of my life, cannabis is going to be the only thing that I utilize to treat this. Right. So, yeah. Well, I'm glad I'm, first of all, I'm glad that you found that. Um, um, it, 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 it's wonderful. And, sure. uh, I do know, uh, some of your story and I, and I know how uh, your husband helped you along there. Um, and you guys yeah. must've been, I mean, I can't even imagine, um, really no one can no one can imagine being put into that situation to where you have to um essentially choose i mean you're 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 choosing your health versus not in order to take care of someone else right i mean it's very serious i mean and to someone if you're 
imagine talking to someone that's prone to depression. I mean, you're not Delaney. Right. You are, you were, mm-hmm. um, you're a cheerleader in my mind. Um, <laughs> <laughs> whenever I first met you, you know, you, you were just all smiles and that was years ago. And, uh, so, right. but to, but to like, imagine that with someone that's already prone to depression. I mean, that's right. Well, and, and two, I think sometimes because I, I feel like people that are generally happy, just that's their part of their personality. It, yes, it's their personality, but kind of what I heard when Delene was talking was it was almost to your role to the people around you that you are, you're the uplifting one. So that depression is even harder for you to recognize and accept when you're kind of not only your personality, but the role that we've kind of accepted amongst our tribe or clan or whatever you want to Mm -hmm. call it is the, like James said, the cheerleader, the person who's always lifting you up. So Mm -hmm. you kind of feel like not only are you letting yourself down, but I I get it. I mean, I, I don't understand it and I don't, I don't mean to sound that way, but I can, I kind of see what you're saying as far as you feel like you're, you know, you're losing yourself. You're losing your role to the people around you. You're not, you know, you are not yourself to anything anymore. But then again, you know, you turn around and look at your journey and, and what I heard as well is that you started finding yourself and, right. and that you've actually figured out that what you had on before was a mask. Right. Mm-hmm. And so now you're, right. now you're discovering sure. This real self underneath Well, that's that what mask. I meant by and it's a role. It becomes yeah. a role and not so much about who you want to be. And, and I'm or, totally agreeing with you. And I'm saying yeah. that I'm guilty of putting her in that uh, as well, just like everybody else. I mean, sure. we do this to, I mean, I say everybody, I'm, but we do that. Right. The best of us do that. Right. And, and uh, we look at people and there's a book cover or a mask. And some of us feel the need to live up to that book cover or mask. Right. And they do for their entire life. And this has happened to allow, I mean, it, it, it's this, she's able to see now uh, and, and be able to start looking positively at things. Right. Um, because she didn't di- keep diving down that mask part and she didn't listen to, you know, things from the outside. She listened to her intuition. Right. I don't need this, these medicines. They're putting me into this group, you know, or used so. it as a restart. Yeah. In a way. Yeah. A reboot. Right. Yeah. 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 And I, I think part of it, so there's obviously, so you're saying you, you're guilty of kind of, you know, putting me into that category and, and saying that, yeah, you bet your expectation of me or your perspective of me is, is that happiness. And, I, I I wouldn't say that that is a fault at all. I think my, my issue was living up to the pressures of society. So obviously living up to who everybody knows me as, which is that uplifting person. But at the same time, I'm now taking on a whole new role as a mother, right. which comes with its own pressures, societal pressures, you know, in themselves. So is she taking care of her child well enough? Is she breastfeeding? Um even if I was utilizing cannabis, there's so many people that would judge you for that. Right. Um, but I have just chosen that I am going to be completely open, especially with my second pregnancy and utilizing cannabis during my pregnancy, that I am not going to um, worry about any judgment that's placed on me for doing that and for, you know, taking my own health in my own hands and 
you know, creating my own journey with that because that was my decision, you know, that it's my child, it's my body. So um, I'm not a me too person whatsoever. But as far as, you know, taking control of my life and trying to create a different way as to how my postpartum journey is going to be, I was trying to be as proactive as possible to make sure that I control that that second, you know, yeah. with, with my second child, what what my what the outcome is going to be as far as where the my hormones were and if I could possibly lighten that postpartum de- depression experience. Right. Yeah. Well, and the reason I, I I think too the reason you were unapologetic because you knew you had found something that worked. Mm-hmm. So I mean, right. you you had been on both sides of the coin. So what am I sorry for for being healthy for my <laughs> children? You know, what I, mean? I mean, that's truly yeah. what it kind of. To me, it kind of felt like you were, you know, mentally, it was like you were having to, felt like you had to explain yourself for being mentally healthy for your children and physically healthy. And I'm, I love that you found something that worked. So, so you, you found this and, and, you know, good for you for, for, for being proactive there. You medicated through your entire pregnancy, through your entire second pregnancy, correct? That is correct. Uh-huh. Okay. And that helped, correct? It did. It helped substantially. And I actually had some, I wouldn't say there were complications, um, but because my first, he was 10 pounds, my first son was 10 pounds, I had uh, some pelvic separation. Mm-hmm. And so I couldn't really smoke during the second pregnancy, um, not because it was, um, you know, there, there's obviously a lot of um, oh backlash for smoking, um, but you know I couldn't smoke because the coughing would right. would separate the pubic symphysis even more, causing some pretty intense pain. Sure. Um, while carrying the child, so I, I medicated with edibles every now and then. I would smoke in the evening um, for the for the nauseousness. Really, smoking flour helped with um, kind of controlling that that pain but uh yeah so i i found kind of what worked for me it wasn't anything super potent or super crazy but edibles were my go-to you know i, I needed to get rest especially in the end days whenever you know you're getting closer and closer to delivery you know resting and making sure your your body's getting um all the nutrients and all the rest it needs that that's where it starts getting more and more important sure so. And you become hungry, correct? So edibles. No, 100%. Of... <laughs> and, and once again, I had a pretty healthy baby. I was going to say. <laughs> so uh, I think, let's see, I believe it's 8 pounds, 14 ounces. So Yeah, your babies yeah. were healthy. Big boys. Big boys. <laughs> well, they're beautiful children. <laughs> and, yeah. You know, I follow you on social media and all that. And beautiful children. You've done very, very well there. So, Thank um, you so much. Um, now, from that, uh, are you medicating now um, for for this, or or using this as a daily kind of um, like a maintenance, yeah, maintenance like regimen or something like that? Sure. Yeah, yeah. So um, once I went through the really dark uh, postpartum depression, pretty much. Um, 
now, once again, and I know this is probably, you know, beating a dead horse, but, yeah, I'm, I'm a happy, uplifting person. So as far as, you know, cannabis helping moods and, and my hormones, once I got out of that, you know, that dark hole, um, I really didn't need to medicate very often to get to that place of, you know, just uppity, feeling good about myself, going day to day. Um, and really, I didn't experience much pain. So I don't, I don't need to medicate as often. Um or I didn't feel anyways, and that was before kind of some endocannabinoid knowledge really set mm-hmm. in for, you know, supplementing some THC, CBD, all those, all the components of the plant. But um, once I got into my, my second pregnancy and been medicating, yeah, I, I mean, I still medicate, and I've been, I've been medicating since the postpartum depression experience, post-first child. And, yeah, I, I would say I'm, I'm – I guess it's maintenance. Yeah, I, I definitely, um, I'll tell you, I, I went through COVID and I, it was a short, short-lived uh, experience. And I want to say that a lot of that is due to um, obviously medicating with cannabis. But yeah, I, maintenance is there. I'm still medicating. I haven't stopped medicating. Um, and I've never felt happier. Postpartum depression was... Um, I think I still went through a little bit of a lull um, after the second, but it wasn't near the intensity. And I wasn't, obviously, I mean, I already kind of had some expectation with the second. So I, I know a little bit more about what I'm doing. I feel confident in my mothering abilities. Um, but a lot of that is still thanks to cannabis and still helping me stay in control of how I respond um, to things publicly, how I respond to things at home. Um, and again, a lot of that is thanks to cannabis and mm-hmm. making my, making me put myself back in control of things. Sure. And I mean, you know, and I, I, uh, this is something I, you know, I've never dealt with personally, you know, with my wife or, or, you know, anyone that I know, you know, close. We know you're not a female. Right. <laughs> but my thing, I mean, <laughs> Cannabis for me, and I know that here in Oklahoma, it's only been medical for, you know, coming on, I mean, you know, for two years, but it just seems like such a natural place to start with something like this. When someone's hormones are just in a complete imbalance, they are basically growing another person inside of them, also with an ECS, um, an endocannabinoidal system. It seems like such a natural place to go and a place that shouldn't have that negative stigma on it when there are doctors out there that are willing to give you pharmaceuticals for these same things that have these, you know, such dire, I guess, side effects. And I know that that's a a dead horse that we beat on the show a lot, but it's just in the overall health and the overall well-being, you know, when you're taking care of and a doctor is basically, you know, for a mother taking care of two human lives, it just seems like such a more intuitive place to start. And while right. I, I love, while I love hearing your story, I sometimes it, it still just irks me and I get so mad and I know we just met, but it's just, I get so upset that you had to take that journey to find that first step where you really should have been in the first place. Yeah. That, I mean, that, yep. that's just where we are okay. in history right now, unfortunately, but yeah. you know, we'll just keep fighting. I and, can't tell you how many mothers reach out to me and ask, when did you stop medicating? Because DHS is going to knock down your door and take your child, <laughs> you know, because you were medicating. 
Um, I can't tell you how many mothers I told. I medicated through the whole thing. I told the doctor, this is what helps with my nausea. Mm-hmm. And this is, you know, this is going to be what I utilize. And if you have a problem with that, I'll find a different doctor to deliver. Right, how about um, this? Go drink your wine, bitch. <laughs> you know, <laughs> go drink your wine while you're pregnant, bitch. You needed it, right? Well, and yeah. two. Stop. Well, and two, I love that, you know, something that we hear on this show over and over is Delene said, well, I'm the I'm the boss in this situation. Yeah. So exactly. if you're not going to get on board with the decisions I've made for my body and my child's body, then kick rocks and <laughs> on to the next one. Exactly. And that, right. to me, that's very important. And I think it's something that, you know, we touch on a lot here, but I think is very, very lost. When people go into a doctor's office, they feel like they're at the behest and they're there to be told what they're doing. And I don't see it that way. I mean, I truly don't. Well, and I'm glad that, you know, I yeah. hear stories like Delene's. We don't because we finally got the nerve to not. Right. And uh, unfortunately, most people out there do feel that way. And I've felt that way all of my life until right. recently. Sure. You know, I've been uncomfortable about it, but it's unfortunate. Yeah, that's it what I mean. It really I mean, is that think- we depend on other people to tell us how we li- should live. Right. It's, I just hate it. Anyway, so you know what? Uh, one of the great things I love about your story, Delene is that your ability to use cannabis and focus on your future and do great, great things. So from this, you and your husband started, what, Oklahoma Roots, right? And this That's was correct. that That was like one of the, that was, if not, one of the, was it the first? It was one of the first dispensaries, grow dispensaries um, in Oklahoma, correct? That is correct, um... Definitely the first in Shawnee. I know that for a fact. Um, yeah. But yes, we we've been here since pretty much day one. As soon as we could open our doors, we did, and that was October twenty fifth of twenty eighteen. Right. And with that, you were involved in a lot of uh, different organizations. You still are involved in a ton of organizations to where that is, uh, um, uh, you know, trying to promote the medicinal side of cannabis. Um, and you're able to do all of these things through focusing on yourself and being able to, you know, you're using cannabis as medicine to do this. Mm-hmm. Do, do you agree with me? I, oh, yeah. You're going to leave me out of here <laughs> hanging? <laughs> anyway, I mean, so, you know, I and, and I, <laughs> I know you wouldn't. I know you wouldn't. I'm I'm completely impressed i mean full spectrum integration what are Mm -hmm. you doing there now i mean there you connect people right yeah so we we um chance and i we obviously with oklahoma roots in the past years we've established quite a a patient base as far as helping as many people as possible we have people come all over the state um to get products from us and we're very very grateful and appreciative of that and so that, that you know, um, mission with our dispensary kind of expanded into wholesale for me, which was Canna X and is Canna X. And um, that helped me expand my network as far as professional relationships are concerned. Um, so now we have almost uh, vertically integrated uh, full spectrum, which is kind of where the name came from. And so... I just decided to name our clinic to help get patient recommendations. Um, we called it Full Spectrum Integration. There you so go. So we're kind of hitting all points of the industry here. Um, 
I can't say that for 100% because I know, you know, I'm not a bank, I'm not a lawyer, I'm not a CPA, but I certainly, <laughs> you know, work with them um, on a daily basis. Right. However, uh, full spectrum integration, I was motivated to open that other side mainly because our patient base, there was a huge need, um, especially in the Shawnee area. And um, because I work with so many minors and we have a little bud program that um, I founded and it, it helps kids get the recommendations. Uh, people donate um, quite regularly to help assist families get the minor recommendations. Obviously, I, I don't know if everybody knows this, but they need two. So I try to get it as cost-friendly as possible. I try to assist the families as much as I can to make sure that child gets everything that they need so that they can get their meds. Um, as a mother, uh, obviously, that if my, if my kid were in that situation and a doctor said, my, my son has ADHD, he needs to be taking Ritalin once a day or twice a day, I would absolutely go to the nearest alternative medicine store and be like, what can I do? In a heartbeat. I'm not putting him on this medication. In a heartbeat. And I think that is an absolutely fantastic thing that you guys are doing. Yeah, I do too. Um, and, and not just that, but needed. Uh, yeah, 100%. I, I, I mean, I, could, I would burst into tears every call that I see a, a kid that's nonverbal autistic, um, you know, and they're 12 years old and they, they just need something to help them cope, you know, and get through the day and not struggle. You know, those are things that I can't relate to, but if there's any way that I could alleviate their lives and boost the quality of their life, I am all in, you know, let me know what I can do. Well, and and I do come from a medical background, so I've always kind of been in a servant role. I grew up in a boy's home. You know, my, my parents were house parents. So I think that servant's heart has always been instilled in me. So I really try to help as many people as possible. That's just kind of, you know, my DNA. It's in my DNA. So um, I, I try to help as many kids as possible because I know, one, medicine isn't really affordable for kids. Kids are still going to school. They don't have an income. Yep. And some families are struggling right now, especially now, you know, to, to make ends meet. So, um, And talk about misunderstood. <laughs> look at yes, your children. Oh, my God. Took, yes. look, look at your uh, children that are on the spectrum. Or, misunderstood. I mean, if they're misunderstood by their parents and their family, imagine their peers. And earlier we had touched it early in the show. We had touched on walking into a clinic and feeling like we were kind of at the behest of whatever the doctor was, whatever answer they were going to give us. So, I mean, I can only imagine and I, and I can't imagine because I've been there if that's happening with my child and I need an answer, how much we feel like we're under the gun to absolutely do something. So what you guys are doing there with, with, you know, with the little buds, is that is creating an empowering choice. That's not just about getting an MMJ card. That is giving a parent a different option for their kid that they have not had since they have had that child. So kudos to you guys. I hope that, you know, people see that we kind of, I want that to be highlighted because that is something that you guys are not only, it's not just an MMJ card. It's truly not. It is giving that parent mm -hmm. a different choice to medicate their child possibly for the rest of their lives. Yep. Oh, right. A completely different path to live their lives. Yes, 100%. So, I mean, I, I love that you guys are doing that. I love that that kind of stuff is happening, you know, where we came, you know, where we live and where, you know, where I come from. So 
thank you guys so much for doing what you do. I mean, I really wanted to highlight that just because, I mean, that's something really that's not being done around here. And that, like I said, needed to be really needed to be done. Well, I, I think that the, all the thanks goes to the people that donate and allow for me to do that. Because, I mean, it's great for people to know that I'm, I'm in it to help all the kids as much as possible. But for those that donate the funds to, to cover the cost of the recommendations, those are the true heroes and, and the true servants. So, right. And, um, and how can they donate? They for them. Right. Yeah. Let's mm-hmm. please get that out. Tell us about the 501c3 and how that works. So we are filed um, as a 501c3 nonprofit, which uh, typically um, non-cannabis businesses would be able to write off on their taxes any any donation whatsoever. Um, so, of course, non-cannabis businesses can donate. Cannabis businesses have been the primary donors. Unfortunately, for cannabis businesses, they cannot write that off on their taxes because of the ways you know the IRS sees that. So, um, but they can still um, document it as a charitable donation, um, and I uh, um, do the receipt for them and get it all taken care of as far as them having documentation to put on their taxes. Okay. But it's just, um, you know, a matter of time. Hopefully, you know, if this ever goes recreational, they would be able to write it off. But at the time that we're at right now, it's just, you know, unfortunate that. Right. Any 501c3 donation would would not help any any business as far as when they go to file their taxes. Right, and, and even, I mean, think think about this. Uh, even five dollars is 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 going to go to a good cause. So just uh, right. go through spool uh, or spool <laughs> full <laughs> spectrum integration and contact Elaine through there. I'm sure you're uh, well. I know you are. You're on Facebook and. Instagram and all that as well. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So. A great cause that if you're looking for something to help out, I mean, for sure, spread the word on that. And two, the other thing I that I pick up on Delene's story that I pick up, it seems like every single time we have someone on this show is the your passion to want to spread cannabis as a medicine. After it helped you, it didn't just end with you. Now your whole family is in the business. I just, mm-hmm. I think that's, I think that's amazing when we hear that. And it's just something that we hear more and more of just this community always wanting to pay it forward. So thank you. Yeah. It's like we talked in the beginning, whenever we first started the show, it's like you figure you found something and you want to just come and shout it out to everyone and say, Hey, wait, I look, I found this. It, it works. Right. You know, yeah. <laughs> you want to do oh, everything yeah. you possibly yeah. can to like, let really people know. But yeah. Anyway. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. Unfortunately, I, I will say um, that the stigma is still very much alive. So whenever your your kids are going to school and they're explaining what your parents do, you know, there's always that day where they're talking about, you know, what does your parent do? Is she a lawyer? Is he a CPA or anything along those lines? And I still fear to this day what the reaction of the teacher is going to be of the principal. You know, whenever my son goes out there and says, my mom and dad own right. a plant shop. Right. You know? <laughs> when, it, when, it's, when it's career day at school. Yeah, and you... exactly. And you, you just, you always fear for your kids. And, you know, I never want kids to, to think that, you know, my, or put a target on my kids back because, you know, their parents are in cannabis. Well, they're the, the worst yeah. of the worst things that come to your mind and give you so much anxiety because you just want the best for your kids and you're in this for your kids. But 
Sure. You don't know how it's going to impact their lives whenever they have to go to school and this is what their parents are doing because, you know, it's, it's inevitable that everybody's going to know. Where, I mean, especially in the community that we're in, it's so small. Right. And, it's, you know, the thought uh, back of your mind and I think hope- I think really the way that we should be looking at this is uh, those of us with children and young children is that they, you know, we need to teach them and educate them, uh, you know, of how this is very important. Don't be afraid to talk to your children about cannabis. It's actually a very, very, very positive thing right. uh, for people, mm-hmm. and it helps people. As a matter of fact, buddy, I'm a much better daddy. <laughs> yeah, no. exactly. yeah, I'm a much better and relaxed and patient dad. Uh, so, you know, we just have to continue. Like we said earlier, we just have to continue, you know, educating and it'll come around. Right. We can't be afraid of those people that are, are, are continuing that negative look at this wonderful, wonderful thing that has been uh, given to us. And, and it irks me so bad, just like Josh, you know, even today, me and my business, I'm dealing with, uh, um, you know, I'm trying to set up um, um, some things for some charity uh, events that are cannabis related. And I was actually told not to ask that again of that of one place. Another place uh, said on the phone verbally, we don't want that around here and hung up the phone. <laughs> it's ridiculous. OK, so we're trying to give thousands of dollars away to needy children and you're going to turn down this damn you're going to turn down this money because you think it's tied to a bunch of freaking drugs you know right and that's all you see mm-hmm. it sure. makes me so mad i'm telling you uh, well i gotta i gotta stop but because, yeah. i mean and 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 honestly to yeah. both to i mean so because i mean you know i know james has a, a, a younger kid um and delene you've got some younger kids i mean my girls are a little bit older like this is what you know, and I know I'm a very, I romanticize things sometimes, but I don't know. That's just who I am. I'm a romantic, but <laughs> you're, I, here's the thing is you guys, you guys, your, your kids will see what you guys did though. Your kids, and they may not see it when they're nine or 10 years old, but when they're 20 and 21 years old and they know that there was a new, new industry that, that you guys fought to help, you know, and they'll see the derivatives of it. They'll see the the positive results of it and know that you guys were at the ground floor of that. I yeah. promise you that your kids will look up to you. For I, that. I understand that, but I, I'm, I'm, I want the other kids to, to see that. Uh, I want the other parents to understand that, you know, this is not a way, another way to bully uh, another kid. Uh, this is not a way to uh, um, uh, talk trash about someone's parents yeah. Or even themselves, or even them, put them in a category still. You know, um, gone are the days of the breakfast club. You know, uh, okay, we yeah. all smoked weed. We all smoked weed. All right, all of us, everybody mm-hmm. from from everyone, just like in that movie. Right. And we all loved it. Right. And we're still medicating <laughs> with right. it, so shut up. Right. <laughs> <sighs> Please, somebody give me you, something I, to ride on. I need to ride on something. To, you know, fighting that stigma, but it's, it's going to be around, you know, I think until the end of time, because there's some people sure. that are just set in their ways until the elderly generation 
you know, obviously, you know, in Shawnee, our, our demographic is, you know, I would say 90% elderly patients that are coming in and, you know, buying their medications. Absolutely. But at the same time, on the opposite spectrum, you have the elderly population completely against it. So I don't think there is no, there's not an in-between. Right. With that generation. So, but, you know, and then it just kind of trickles down into, you know, family tradition and family yeah. perspective, family understanding. And then it's just, you know, instilled in people, especially in the Bible Belt, whenever things are so religious. Um, and I, I grew up in a very strict religious, you know, <clears throat> upbringing. So, you know, it was always say no to drugs. Absolutely no drugs. Nothing euphoric, you know. Western medicine was the only thing that was pretty that was acceptable, and even then, mm-hmm. you know, you don't be careful. You don't want to get addicted because I mean, my brother very much is still dealing with addiction issues. So, um, yeah, it, yeah. It, it's just it's a matter of time. And I don't I don't foresee it ever happening during my time on this earth. Well, <laughs> uh, as far as cannabis being 100% accepted. Sure. But I think that we're making some headway, and that's all I can truly ask for right now. Well, I've got a hope for that. I want it, and I, I hope for it, um, and I want to do everything that I possibly can um, and while I'm going down um, um, to, to help uh, people understand that. Um, but, mm-hmm. you know, it's it's just it, it you have to also remember um, – there are older people um, from older generation that probably still remember whenever, well, they don't remember that, but, 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 but they, they're so, like you said, the culture, uh, you know, of uh, taking care of themselves, the medicine and that sort of thing, and not listening to the hires that be, or a book that says that you have to do this, you know, that sort of thing. You're actually, understanding holistically all of those things and making a decision of your of your own so well yeah Mm -hmm. and then i i also too and i'm going to go from romantic to devil's advocate in two minutes um but i mean i will say this and i this i say this loving oklahoma and where i came from we can't we'll never get a true judge on where the stigma is in America <laughs> right no. here in Oklahoma because you have too many people that use cannabis and shitbag cannabis at the same time. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like you'll never yes. really get a true gauge on how we feel about it because there's some guy like potheads and then he like literally locks the door, goes into the back room and he's hitting sure. the ball. So it's, I mean it's that way with every kind sure. of counterculture or whatever you want to call it. Right. Um but, I like that term, counterculture. Yeah. <laughs> but it's, I mean, you know, it's unfortunate that it is a counterculture. But anyway, it's um, a changing. Yeah. Yep. Times are changing. Oh yeah. You? That's always the goal. At the end of the day, is you know, change lives. You know, as long as people are understanding and learning, education is. I mean, we're still learning, and I think we're going to continue to do so. I, I don't think we can ever learn the one hundred percent as to how much this plant is just, you know, helpful in every, di- in different, you know, thousands of different ways. So right. I love that uh, we get to learn. I wish that more people would be open-minded to it. Um, I do think that we are making some headway. I will say with full spectrum integration, I have a lot of patients coming in that just ask me, do you think that this would help? I have this, 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 and this going on. I'm just like, 
well, you know, it's always worth a try. I can get you your card and, you know, our bud tenders are educated enough to help advise you. And, you know, so I am seeing some people's mind, you know, be open to at least experiencing, you know, utilizing cannabis on a small scale to see what happens. Right. So that's a huge step in itself is somebody asking someone, I've been taking opioids and they just keep increasing the dose or something along those lines. And I really just don't want to be doing this the rest of my life. And I think that this is going to be the only route I take that you know, it doesn't really come with the crazy side effects or addiction. Sure. You know. Well, and, so. and two, I mean, on the, you know, pushing, you know, the conversation a little further with the stigma thing. I mean, and as much as I would like to err on the side of complimenting 2020 at all, but I honestly think that it made people kind of question what they've been told in a lot of instances. And I hope that works for cannabis. Some of those people that have heard for years and years and years that it's bad. Um, but two, I mean, cannabis, if you look at cannabis sales throughout 2020, they haven't really taken a huge hit because as that stress factor in America tends to go up, so do those cannabis sales. And so I'm not talking about like on a monetary, you know, scale at all. I'm just saying that is a good read for people are using it. Yeah, shit is stressful to be open to it sure and i mean i think like i said i think with a little bit of man am i getting the full truth from my government or politicians and things like that maybe it does have kind of a light at the end of the tunnel for cannabis yeah i oh, agree yeah. I hope so i i mean i i see the light hey we i never thought that in my lifetime we'd we'd be legal in oklahoma Come i didn't on. know i would have a podcast i didn't know i would ever have a podcast about cannabis <laughs> talking about weed ever <laughs> yeah probably have a laugh about it here in a minute <laughs> again <laughs> for the fifth time today <laughs> oh yeah, so, yeah okay tell you how many people who said i've been smoking all my life and i stopped and then once it went legal i've never smoked anything like the things that i've purchased at these dispensaries so I'm glad to see that evolution has taken place. And obviously with technology now that is more accessible than it was in the seventies, sixties, fifties, you know, that's, I, I, I do like to see that. Um, yeah, it, it, it's pretty impressive to see their reaction whenever they go into a dispenser and they're like, what is this concentrate? What, a dab? <laughs> right. what's a dab, you know? And it's just like, man, you know, there's a whole new world for you to experience yeah. outside of smoking part. If that's the right, you know, pathway for you. <laughs> I still um, love experiencing but, people's first dabs <laughs> with them. Right. It's just <laughs> such a fun thing. Right. Well, I remember the first time I said anything to my old man and I said, I, I can't even remember what the strain was, but it was one of those like alien rock candy. And I said that to my dad and he literally had one of those like, get the fuck out of here. He looks on his <laughs> yeah. face like, yeah, like that's no. not what <laughs> cannabis is supposed to be called ever. Don't say that to me ever again. <laughs> yeah. uh, he's a serious oh, guy. Awesome. <laughs> I'm, I, you know, I, I'm glad that you've found a way, you know, with the postpartum uh, depression. I'm glad that you found that. And I'm glad that you're able to speak about it um, because there are people out there that need to hear that. And they need to hear that there is something else other than just dealing with it and, and right. or taking uh, some sort of medication that's going to give you another side effect, possibly, and, you know, and all this other mess. Well, so. All right. And if there's anything that if I, 
I, my end goal uh, for being a mother and experiencing these things is making sure that other mothers that are expecting or are trying to get pregnant or are experiencing postpartum depression, that they're not fearful of trying um, due to DHS or legalities yeah. or anything along those lines. If I can be a voice for those mothers that are scared to be open with their doctors or their husbands that are against it or something along those lines, then I'm happy to be that person. I'm happy to be that source because I went through it myself. So, um, and you always have questions. As You never want the government calling you saying, hey, by the way, we found THC in your system and your child. Uh, we're going to have to um, assign somebody to come and inspect your home and make sure that you're suitable to be a parent for your child. That's never a call that anybody wants or desires. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I, in my own personal experience, not once did I receive a phone call. My doctor knew exactly um, what, what I was doing throughout the entire pregnancy. And that made the whole experience so much better. You know, knowing that the doctor accepted mm-hmm. my method of medicating, that no matter what medication she's going to throw my way, I wasn't going to even entertain that idea. So she didn't waste her time. I didn't waste hers. And, you know, we had a smooth delivery process, you know, outside of the pubic separation. But, um, yeah, I can't tell you how how relieving it is um, to not only have that as my own personal experience, but to share that with other mothers to help hopefully, you know, not be so scared about what there is out there as far as, you know, DHS and government entities getting involved, Mm -hmm. Um, but also with the development of your child and the safety of it all, you know, I can also speak on behalf of that. And, you know, there's just nothing out there. There's no research. There's not enough research as far as saying that this is going to be detrimental to the fetus. Sure. So, and I mean, I don't, I have it in your breast milk. You know, and that's whether you're medicating with THC or not. Sure. Well, and not just that. I mean, I, I could show you a million tests that tell you stress is far more harmful to a mother and her child, like the stress of having to hide that they're using cannabis to oh, stay. 100%. You know what I mean? So, you know, they said that, that's the thing is that, that bothers me sometimes is they set up a system that basically puts you to where you're not going to a doctor's appointment. You're going to an interrogation which is yeah. now your stress levels are going up. Like, so do you really have my child and my health, you know, in your best interest? Or is it just about your bureaucratic agenda that because this is bad, you know what I mean? Yep. And it just, it, it, it takes the word health. And to me, it just takes it and, and takes it completely out of the room to where it's not about health. It's about a law. It's about, I said that you could do this and you couldn't do that. And it's lost. And what I found with your story was, is that's the minute you were able to tell your doctor that is it became about one thing, your health and your child's health. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because the elephant had left the room. Spot on. Yeah. I mean, the elephant was gone and you were able to be a mother who was pregnant, which mm-hmm. should be, that's it. That's what you should be dealing with. Yep. That's exactly well. correct. And I think what you just said, every mother needs to hear. That is that ultimately is the most important thing is your health and that child's health. And with anything that could impede with it needs to be completely eliminated. Sure. And if, if it's that if it's 
if that's the stress of you worried about what the doctor's going to say because you're medicating with THC or, you know, post-delivery, what the, you know, what the um, outcome is going to be as far as what the doctor feels once they test the baby and they see that in their bloodstream, blah, 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 you know, that should never, ever be a concern. Right. Because that ultimately is not up to them. That's not, that's not their child. They delivered it. You know, they delivered the baby. Yeah, right. So once that process has taken place, that, you know, that mother is entitled to whatever she feels is best for herself and for that child. Couldn't agree more. And that's not to take away the the special uh, moment between, you know, the person that's delivering the, the child to. I, I remember mm-hmm. that. That was a that was a special moment. You know, our doctor was really really great. Um, oh, there's a ama- yeah yeah. It's so amazing. Um, so, like like we always say, we're not against <laughs> uh, any kind of you know. We're not we're not against traditional medication. I guess no, not at all. We're about <laughs> we're, we're, we're what we or, push here is freedom to choose how to medicate. Yes, that's exactly 100%. right. I'm glad you mentioned that because I know that um, both both deliveries of mine were C-section. So am I going to just be like, all right, I'm going to take a dab and y'all feel free to, you know, cut this baby out. <laughs> no, thank you. No. <laughs> all the morphine possible. Right. Know, to make sure yeah. I don't feel that. Just so we're clear so, here, Doc, we're not one, cannabis only. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I might lose my mind. Yeah. <laughs> you can rub some of this THC salve on my belly and give me a dab. Uh, uh, we yeah, can that, get that, we can get this thing started. Uh, yeah, that's 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 probably not yeah, a. I don't think there's enough dabs on the planet. Right. Man. No, and, and 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 honestly, you know, and just touching on that, I mean, honestly, the stories we hear on this show is the the sit like traditional medicines working in conjunction with cannabis and the great effects mm-hmm. that that has. So we're not anti-traditional medicine here whatsoever. I mean, yeah. honestly, we see great results when they kind of work like, you know, in synergy with each other. Like you're talking about layering. It's absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh yeah. And just with uh, the patient renewals that I've seen, I can't tell you how many people were able to wean off of some traditional medications due to cannabis. However, there are still some staple medications that they need to be on for maintenance purposes, such as, you know, cholesterol, medications, blood pressure, things along those lines, you know, that are still absolutely necessary. Um, but cannabis just helps, uh, you know, especially with the pain and the insomnia, some anxiety and depression. Maybe they're able to lower their depression meds or possibly wean off of it all. You know, that, yeah. that's always the end goal is to, to live your life freely. Like you said, have, make that choice for yourself, whatever that is that's best for you. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm 100, 100% on board with yep. that. And it's great to see the renewals and that come in and say, yeah, in the past years I was able to get off this medication. Still taking this, but that's awesome. see, you know. Yeah, it, it, it's just a it's a good process to see see people, people losing weight, people utilizing it and benefiting. <laughs> yeah. See people losing weight and uh, getting new jobs, mm-hmm. becoming more active, or, or just comparing the picture or, from their first card to their next one. <laughs> yeah, it's it's happy <laughs> and it's, great. it's it's great. I mean, I love that. That's what you guys are doing. I love that you guys, you know, again in this cannabis community, are giving back to what this plant has given you guys. Yeah, it's just such mm-hmm. a great story. Awesome. And on that note, 
uh, if if you if we're all for the choice, it is it is definitely okay to request a dab before giving birth. But right. whether or not you're going to get it, <laughs> yeah, no. you can say whatever you want in that no, room. I'm you, yeah. People say crazy shit in there. Serious I got home that post delivery. Um, I can't remember. <laughs> maybe I maybe I took a pretty potent uh, edible prior, but. Um, yeah, no, there's, there's nothing against it. I no judgment on um, any mother that absolutely <laughs> go that route. Absolutely, and and hey, and and take it from Delene. I mean, she's been there, done that. She <laughs> is where the rubber meets the road. I promise yes, you. Yes, <laughs> yes, one hundred percent. And I would not change anything about that experience. So I'm glad I kind of did. Um, Obviously, with the first pregnancy, I was scared. I, I, I didn't have the proper education to make that decision. Um, but with the second, you know, I was definitely well well off with my knowledge and education. Mm-hmm. So um, I had no concern um, with, you know, medicating in my pregnancy. So it was it was a good decision to have, and I was in a much better place mentally. So, yeah, I, I, I'm so happy to speak on that experience because I hope that it gets through to moms and kids, you know, all across the state states that are legal i should say um yeah well uh, so let's let's talk about states that aren't legal and you moms out there need to start advocating and understanding that this is a medicine as well um Mm -hmm. you know i i i say uh uh cannabis first um cannabis first mentality is is what i'm going with for 2021 um i'm still patient first but i um totally believe in cannabis first mentality Right. And, and for those states that aren't legal, if you get your hands on this show or you happen to listen to it, share these experiences, share Delene's story with people. I mean, there are positive changes and positive experiences coming out of this plant that, I mean, will blow your minds. Yep. Share this with politicians. I mean, you know, whoever you need to, please get it out there to them. I mean, these stories are everywhere. If you want to um, talk bad talk talk i mean get listen maybe not bad but if you want to get into a debate about whether or not cannabis is a medicine and can help you call us we'll we'll we'll, we'll let you on the show please do it man i mean i'm not ed- as educated as as any of uh, you doctors out there but i'll sure as shit sit here and tell you how it has helped me and helped many, many people that I know have wonderful and better lives. And you can never change that. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, 100%. anyway, Delane, thank you so much for everything. Hey, thank you for having me. I am honored to be on your show. I've listened to quite a few of y'all's podcasts ever since you came to my clinic, James, and you told me about it. So I'm like happy made you and, listen. You uh, better listen to this. And I'm proud um, of what y'all are doing with your podcast and getting information. Thank out there you so much. We, we really appreciate that. And, and I'm glad we finally got to have you on here. I'm glad you're feeling better. Yeah. Everything's on the up and up. No more COVID. <laughs> we'll have to mask up. <laughs> Come see you yeah. sometime, um, and and go ahead and plug um, the little buds um, info if you want to again, because we would really, really want to make sure that people get that info to help with donations and things like that. Absolutely. So for the little buds, um, you can uh, if if you're a parent inquiring for your kids, 
Um, feel free to email me at, that's Deline at S-S-I-O-K dot com. My name is spelled D-E-L-E-N-E at S-S-I-O-K dot com. You can book an appointment um, or you can visit me. Um, all that information would be at www.fsiok.com. Um, and you can email me directly on that website um, whether you want to make a donation to the program or if you want to set up an appointment for your child. All right. Well, guys, absolutely take care of each other out there. Um, share the show if there's someone out there that needs to listen. Like the like us on Facebook. Uh, follow us on Instagram. Um, but <laughs> there's someone out there that needs to hear these shows. Just just share it with them. Um, take care of each other out there. Stay medicated, James. Good to see you again, buddy. Love you guys. You guys take it easy. 